Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Hometown Ghost Stories Horror Movie Reviews. Hopefully you all did the required homework and watched both Insidious and the movie It Follows. I am here, as always, with Dave Wilkins. What's up, Rob Coakley? I think you didn't Uh, introduce yourself. uh, I mean, well, people know at this point. Maybe they don't. Maybe they stumbled across us. and I am the star of the horror movie reviews, so... They know, That's true. they know who I am. They know. And, and we are also joined by Jesse Wilkins. Hi, I am the star of the horror movie reviews. <laughs> wow. It's good the to guy, be here. You like joined us like on the fourth part. Like if this was like a Friday the 13th series, you were like joined the fourth movie. Me and Dave have been here since the, the original. The fourth one was the best one. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> That's actually a valid point. I know that uh, because I'm the horror movie expert. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right. So we covered the movies Insidious and It Follows this week. These were actually requested by a listener. So feel free to shoot us an email if you ever want us to cover movies in the future. Um, And we will do so. But Dave, which movie would you like to start with tonight? I think we start with Insidious. All right. Get a synopsis for me. I do. So this was directed by James Wan. So parents played by Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne, take a drastic measure when it seems their new home is haunted and their comatose son is possessed by a malevolent entity. So this movie kicked off what is arguably the best decade of horror. Arguably. You can definitely argue this. You can definitely argue this. I'm not saying it's objectively the best, but this movie has like... I mean, this movie. This this decade has like 15, 20 just absolute amazing horror movies and it's coming off probably the worst decade. So maybe that contrast is what makes me feel that way. But uh, this movie was really, I think this was the first one of that decade that was like, really like, Oh my God, they're making good horror movies again. Thank God. Um, and for me, this one, although it was like, I, th- I thought it was kind of a fairly slow start. The first three quarters of this movie was just impeccable. I love the music in this movie and the sound overall, just that high pitch, that violin, you know what I'm talking about? If you've mm-hmm. watched it, it's just really creepy. Uh, the camera work is great. It's James Wan, so obviously the, cin- the cinematography. Um, and some of the scariest scenes, I thought this was pretty unique. Some of the scariest scenes all happened in broad daylight. Like that classic uh, demon behind Patrick Wilson jump scare. Um, and then that one scene where uh, the mother's walking through the mudroom and there's just this figure of a little kid standing off to the side facing the wall. And she walks right by it unnoticing. Um, I never seen something shot like that up until that point and I thought it was just really really creepy and there were a lot of really authentic jump scares um, I thought the acting was was really good all around in this one I don't think anything really stuck out as being bad uh, you, you put all these things together and I think you have a really good horror movie there were some things I didn't like about it but we can get into that later uh, what are you guys thoughts where, where are you on this Jesse you watched it 15 times yesterday I watched it so many times <clears throat> um I agree with Dave. For 75% of the movie, this was a five. It was like, it was different, but it was still the same. It was a haunted house. Things progressively getting scarier. But there were a few things early on that other horror movies usually don't do. Uh, Number one, they actually moved out of the house. (laughs) She's like, the house haunted. We got to go. He's like, all right. And they did. And I was like, what? They did. <laughs> I mean, we knew it wasn't over at that point, but that was uh, that was a move that a lot of these 
horror movies don't do. It's usually we can't afford it. Uh, we'll do it eventually or you're crazy. And what was interesting about it is is Patrick Wilson's character who played Josh. He was not buying into this. And I'll get into my theory about this later. But for most of the movie, he was like, okay, you're crazy, but I'm going to play along because I'm a good husband, right? And to a point where he actually moved him out of the house. That was impressive. So that was something that was a little bit different. And then the other thing was it kind of, um, you don't usually expect the kid to just go into like a sort of coma right away. Like that was surprising to happen so soon in the movie. And you're like, whoa, what is happening with this? So it took a, a few different turns that regular horror movies don't take, which is serious changes to the story, um, which would have flawed other movies i.e. move out of the haunted house, i.e. the kid just goes into a damn coma. You're like, what the hell's happening here? So I got to respect this movie for fully embracing a different route. And that's you, why... Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. I think, I think you, you see that in a lot of James Wan movies. He takes the classic horror movies that have all the tropes, and he takes those tropes, and he uses them, but he uses them better than everyone else, and he uses them slightly differently because he doesn't want to be that, that typical horror movie. And a lot of the times it works. Um, and this, I thought, was one of them. And this was, like I said, one of those, one of the first movies that really kicked that decade off in the right direction. And then he made Malignant and ruined everything. More people like Malignant than not. I that is, that is not true. I'm We're not going to get into it I'm again. I'm going to start tagging you in all the, all the glowing comments Please I see on don't. it. Please don't. Please don't do that. You're going to wish you didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what... I'm not going to just go over and say everything you guys said. I, I agree with just about everything you said in terms of what was good in this movie. I'm curious to hear what you thought was bad in this movie. Okay. Well, let Before me... we get into that, I, wa- I want to set one thing clear. Because we talked about this on the last horror movie review. Was that um, Insidious had the number two jump scare. No, it had the number one jump scare. Is that the movie we're reviewing? Okay, Insidious had the number one jump scare. Sinister had the number had two the number jump two. scare, which we talked about last time. This time we're talking about Insidious, which had number one. I have to know, was it Red Demon Face behind Patrick Wilson? That was the one? That's the one. Okay, because I was like, oh, that got me. But I don't know. You've seen, you've seen the movie before, though. I've seen it so many times. So, so yeah, it's so weird, it's like, yeah, obviously you're not going to jump. It was, like a, that one was yeah, the, okay, all right. That was Mind you, no, it still got me. I didn't say it was the scariest part. It was the biggest jump scare. Jumpiest part. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, okay, fair. It was really well done. There wasn't any suspenseful build-up music to it, so it just happened, and it got you. It even got me the first time I watched that movie on Sunday. I watched it twice on Sunday. The first time I watched it on Sunday was at work, and I was at the radio station, so I was watching on the laptop, and it still got me. And it was like for, you know, when you're in the movies, that's the easiest place to get jump scared, right? Yeah. The screen's huge. It's really loud. It's dark. You're going to get jump scared. Second, most would probably be in front of your living room TV. Uh, probably, you know, bigger bigger than a laptop, right? And then third would probably be your laptop. Fourth yes. would probably be your phone. Really hard to get the jump scares on the phone. But yeah. <laughs> I was watching the laptop. It still got me. I was like, that's got to be the one. But then I kept watching. There was a couple other decent jump scares. So I was like, I don't know which one's going to rank in as, as number one of all time. For me, it didn't get me as good as the lawnmower scene. Yeah, I think I probably jumped a little hard, but I mean, like, I'm just going off of that. I was just going off that scientific BPM um, study that they did, mm. and that was the. And I mean, I I was just guessing when they said 
that was because it said Insidious had the biggest jump scare. I'm like, that has to be the one. Like, I can't think of a bigger one in that movie that would get a heart a heartbeat to jump that high. Um, right. But to answer Rob's question, which was what were the things that we didn't like about this movie? And so when I first watched this movie back when it came out, um, I loved it. Like I said, the first three quarters of it up until um, they started talking about the astral projection, which the um, at the time I had no idea what astral projection was. I didn't know anything about it. So when they started talking about it, those just words and all I knew was they're like they went into this dream dimension to go extract the kid's soul back out of it. And I thought that was really stupid at the time. And I didn't like it. However, there were really, really, really creepy aspects of that scene or of that sequence of scenes. For instance, that creepy family where they're smiling and the the, the shotgun scene uh, where they're in the living room. And the way that was shot and the way that was filmed was really good. And you, I don't think I've seen anything like that up until that point. So it was a, it was weird for me because I didn't like the idea of it, but I, it was still really creepy and really scary. The second time I went back and watched it, which was to, um, I mean, I think I'd seen it in between, but to when I went back and rewatched it this time, I was, I liked it more because I know more about astral projection now from reading into the, you know, a couple, a couple of occult books that I have. And this is something that I'm not going to say that I subscribe to this belief, but people really believe that astral projection is a real thing. Like you can have an out-of-body experience, you can meditate or whatever um, to, to have these out-of-body experiences, and you can have them by accident and whatnot. So the fact that it's based on something that is really sort of exists, I dislike that a lot less the second time around. So it's less of a negative for me now that I know more about what astral projection is. I'm glad you didn't let me interrupt you earlier because you went on a really good you're on a roll there. Thank you. And I was going to correct you on a stupid point, which is it probably wasn't a shotgun due to the bullet wound size. It must have been a rifle. Maybe, whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, it could have been a slug. Thanks, Jesse. Just just say Thanks. you're wrong. Just say you're wrong and we can move on. I am the horror movie expert. It wasn't a shotgun. I don't so, think they used a real shotgun. So I don't think they actually shot the people on set. I'm just saying the due to the bullet wound. It was, was probably a, a rifle. Circle. It was probably a rifle. I don't remember. Okay. You're right. So, you're right. For me, when I think of this movie, that is the scene I think of. That was the scene that scared me the most of this in this entire movie was the, the just the whole layout of that family was terrifying. Just from the moment that they they walk he walks in there, he sees the family sitting on the couch, they're smiling. He gets to the other room with the girl with the rifle and she's smiling. Then when he comes back and they're shot on the couch and like that's creepy but then they do that like jump scare where they're all still shot but all four of them are in his face out of nowhere that's to me scarier than that other jump scare you guys bring up so like that's what i thought because like that's where my mind goes to with this movie is that particular scene mm-hmm. For me, I understand the most, like, the most scary part of that. And I'm going to let you finish, but the most scary part of that, like still shot where everyone's standing still, but it's not like they're frozen. They're just kind of standing there is when he goes up to the lady who's on, on the ironing board and he puts, I don't, I don't know if he had, yeah, he had the lantern. He put it right in her face and she's got this real creepy face. And fun fact, that lady has got to be the, the lady from the nun movies because her face is identical to the nun it's got to be her. It's not. Well, the nun was actually uh, the, the actor was a guy. Okay, I'll take that. Well, she looked like the nun. She had a really creepy face, but she, she just 
when he put it up to her, you expected a jump scare. You expected her to like turn and look at him or like scream or something or grab him by the throat like any other horror movie would do. Instead, the jump scare in that scene was she blinked. Yeah. And that yeah. was like like for that to be scary is insanely, insanely well done. Yeah. Yeah, that that oh, I'm getting chills thinking about that whole little part. And I like the whole movie. Like the whole movie, I'm gonna give it a good score. Um, I'll just say it now. I'm gonna give it a four point two because I think it's I think it's a great movie. I I would like a little. I would like it to be a little more scary, I guess. And maybe it's just maybe it doesn't need to be because it's where it is scary. It's so effective. Dave, hang on a second. The nun was played by Bonnie Ahrens, who is exactly the same lady that I was talking about. Was that in the movie The Nun or in The Conjuring? And is it the same actor in the movie The Nun? Okay. Okay. Uh, so you, you, you double check that against the Conjuring for me because I'd be surprised if I was wrong about that. I one. will because I have the Conjuring IMD already pulled up for some reason. Uh, let me take a look here. Continue talking. The just for, so for the like when I said the first three quarters of this was great and then initially I didn't like the last quarter. That was not including the ending of this movie. I thought this movie ended very strongly. And right. when I my initially my initial reaction watching this movie, which is different from the way I feel about it now was it went, it was really good, and then it went down at the last quarter and then came right back up at the end and ended really strong. So it saved it for me. Um, what a great ending for him to, for them to tie it back to the beginning, back to his childhood, that he was actually an astral right. projector himself and the woman that was, you know, haunting him back at the time ended up haunting him again when he went back to save his son. So it was almost like he sacrificed himself for his son. And then that last final scene of the movie was just so good. Yeah, real just good. Great. Same lady in The Conjuring, Bonnie Aarons. I want you to, uh, could you give like a seven minute apology to Bar- Bonnie, please? I will, I'm going to go back and look and see what the heck I was, what mistake I was making because I don't, I don't know what the heck I was reading, but whatever. Um, we'll go see if that's the same actress who played the person you're talking about in Insidious and then we'll see if it's a big, I'll, I'll mail you a letter of apology if that's the case. What is your score, Dave? My score is a 4.0, even four. All right. Jesse, where are you at on this movie? Um, I'm going to go 4.4. And I, I don't want to get away from this movie just yet because I, I, I have a theory about the ending. All right. Jump into your theory about the ending so that we can uh, get into it. So we can move afterwards. on. Okay. Um, I apologize because I was Googling all the movies that Bonnie Aarons has ever been in for Dave. <laughs> but for the, the way this movie ended with... Um, with Josh choking the lady who, by the way, had a lot of really creepy moments. She was really good in, uh, in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, it's, uh, Lynn Shea who played, uh, Elise in the, in the movie. And the comedic value of the two guys that she hired was phenomenal as well with them trying to one up each other the whole time. Let's not ignore that. But she had a lot of creepy moments where you expected jump scares because like, she just, she has this face where she stares off into nothing and you expect something scary to happen, but she just, it, it doesn't. Um, but, if you notice, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, and I, maybe I picked up on it because I watched it so many times, is for most of the movie, the hauntings that happen to the wife, right, um, who plays Renee in the movie, uh, Rose, and for, for most of the hauntings that happen, Patrick Wilson is actually asleep. So Josh in the movie, he's asleep, and whenever he falls asleep, something bad happens to Rose, did you guys catch this at all? No. So if you go back and watch it again, 
uh, all of these things, like, like whenever she experiences a haunting, it's when he's asleep, whether it's at home, whether he falls asleep while he's staying late at work for absolutely no reason. They really, never really addressed why he stayed late at work. My theory is he was the bad guy through this entire movie. Whether he knew it or not, he would fall asleep and sh- the wife would get haunted. Kid goes into a coma. At the very end of the movie, what you had was obviously the, the old woman that had haunted him as a child. He, when he was looking in the mirror, it was flipping back and forth. And he was looking at himself, right? So he was the old lady already. And then what you see is one of them goes um, to the kid's room while Patrick Wilson is choking out this lady and it takes over the kid's body. Now, mind you, I forget absolutely everything about Insidious 2. So I don't know where this picks up. (laughs) But in Insidious 1, it seemed like if you watch it back and you watch very closely, he may have been the bad guy the entire movie. When he was, when I like the theory, when they were all sitting in that room with his mother and when they first met the medium, the red faced demon scene, the demon came up, it was behind him. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that doesn't make sense, but that actually does make sense. It's yeah. It starts to starts that to add up. And then if you, yeah, if you go back and you start piecing together, like like I just said, like the hauntings happening when he's asleep, and particularly when he's asleep, it makes me think that he may have been possessed this entire time. I also, like go back and watch it again. I watched it twice, and this, I didn't catch it till the second time. Um, also, I, I know this movie came out before The Conjuring, but for Patrick Wilson to be in this movie and for another woman to be named Lorraine in this movie, it was really throwing me off when he's. When they're talking about Lorraine, I'm like, wait a second, you know, like he, he's Ed Warren, she's Lorraine Warren. Like, like, I can't, I can't deal with another Lorraine in the same movie as Patrick Wilson because I see him you, as you dealt with Ed it, Warren. Though. Yeah, um, so but this quick. movie came out first, so it's obviously just a sheer coincidence. Gotcha. I like the theory. It's fine. Um, it's jo- dog shit. But we'll, keep, we'll go. We'll continue. Uh, Bathsheba was played by the actor named. Joseph Bashara in The Conjuring. That oh my god, are we still doing this? I'm talking about oh, the nun. I, That's I, Conjuring I, 1. I'm talking about Conjuring 2 with the nun. I can't justify my correct. Like, I, I'm correcting oh, myself. Oh, okay, okay. I got okay. The, pro, the antagonist in the wrong movie. Okay, okay. I thought you were talking asshole. about Relax. <laughs> Rob's the asshole for calling my theory dog shit that he was the bad guy the whole time. It is dog shit. It's he strangled that nice woman at the end of the movie. That's when he was possessed. He wasn't possessed before. He was before. possessed the whole time. Go back and watch it. He wasn't possessed the whole time because I don't want to. I don't want to drag this out, but Rob, if he he was possessed the whole time, but he wasn't. It didn't manifest physically in the physical world until he astral projected to save his son's soul. That's when the, the roads got intersected. It's they what made, I, they I would made say. it a point in the movie when he was looking in the mirror. He was looking back at the at the old woman. And they kept rotating around. And she never went and got him. In fact, she backed away. She already had him. She had him the whole time. It's my theory. Leave if us you a guys comment. agree with my theory, leave, yeah, drop a comment. Let us know what you think. Go back and watch the movie again. I'm telling you, he's the bad guy the whole time. Let's move on. Tell, so, no, no, uh, let's what, not move on. Let's go back. Why in the world was did they add in the scene where he's staying at, at, at school late for absolutely no reason? Because they showed that he didn't want to deal with his problems there. No, because he, he was falling asleep to haunt his wife. She had, had a she had a haunting experience in the middle of the day when he was actually would have been teaching class. So that or throws that sleep, hole. Or a sleeping class. He no. was they would have showed him sleeping in class. And as I mentioned, a lot of these hauntings happened in broad daylight. Right. The little kid running through the house who wasn't asleep that that during that point. So 
who knows? I don't hate the theory. I think it's a fun theory. Um, it's not a theory. It's fact. What movie follows this review, Rob? It follows. All right. <laughs> it follows. Written and directed by David Robert Mitchell. Uh, after a carefree teenager, Jay, sleeps with her new boyfriend, Hugh, for the first time, she learns that she is the latest recipient of a fatal curse that is passed from victim to victim via sexual intercourse. Death, Jay learns, will creep inexorably towards her as either a friend or a stranger. Jay's friends don't believe her seemingly paranoid ravings until they too begin to see the phantom assassins and band together to help her flee or defend herself. So this was actually based on a dream by the director, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and it really has like some heavy John Carpenter vibes mm-hmm. right down to the music. Mm-hmm. The opening scene, it looked yep. like a neighborhood right out of Halloween. Yep. Uh, and then the follower people even had the kind of a Michael, Michael Myers feel, you know, the way they kind of just stand off in the distance and then they're walking slowly towards you. Um, so there's a lot of John Carp- Carpenter vibes and I liked it. I liked the way they incorporated it, um, which was pretty cool. But um, it was they had a very low budget for this, and I thought they kept it really creepy. They didn't need a lot of practical effects. They didn't need a lot of CGI, if there even was any. Um, but it was just like the way that they shot this. I thought this is another one that had really good camera work, um, particularly the camera work in this I thought was very interesting. Um, it was you know, shaky a little bit. It wasn't obviously found footage, but I thought like a lot of the angles and a lot of the way this was shot was pretty interesting. Um, and I liked how you don't really know when this takes place. This is a, a that's thing that one I of my big things cool too about this is it's like yeah. it's just in the 80s and then but then she's got like that weird like smartphone clamshell phone things like that's and then that's you see one thing that threw it off the whole time and I if it was on purpose cool. well, it, had, it had to be on purpose right yeah they added it oh too. yeah I think he, I weird. think I think he was trying to set a like I think he was trying to almost make it I, I don't want to use the word timeless. But I think he just wanted to create like its own, its own identity, so that like it's never going to become dated. You know what I mean? Because some stuff in this movie is already dated, and some of it's kind of futuristic almost with mm-hmm. the clamshell. The cars, there are older cars, but there's also newer cars. But then you have the interior of every house where it's. It looks 50s. It looks 60s. And it's all black and white pictures. You have the, the old TVs stacked on top of each other. Um, yeah, so I think dre- that's what They're dressing kind of 80s. Like some of the guys are dressing right. kind of 80s. Some of the girls are dressing 90s, 2000s. Like it's, it's definitely was up in the air. The, the, me and the wife watched that together and we brought it up. Like I have no idea what year this is supposed to take place. And the, that clamshell phone, we all picked up on it. Like, like what is that device? Well, they also had like the Bluetooth um, speaker in the beginning when she's driving the the opening scene where the father's calling her on the Bluetooth and she's not answering. So like that's more modern. Um, But then you go to the movie theater that they go to and that movie theater is like straight out of the 50s. It it was designed exactly like a 1950s movie theater, which you can still go to today. Like there's Coolidge in Boston that does stuff like that. But for the most part, yeah, I love that aesthetic. The other thing I was going to bring up about this movie, you brought up in the movie before, where not all of it, but a lot of the haunting stuff, like the scary stuff, happens in the middle of the day. It's like specifically that beach scene, mm-hmm. right? You're just watching them sit on this beach and you're slow. And that's what I love about this movie is you said they had a low budget and 
a movie like this did not need the budget for anything because you don't need the the insane gore on this. The scary part is just a trying to figure out who is the one that's coming at them and when they're going to be coming at them, and it's just it's just this it's whole. Just, it's so much anticipation, yeah. right? You're watching this beach scene happen, and you see the girl come from way off the screen, start walking, right? And then, like, as she gets closer, you're like, oh, is that one? But what they've done in your mind, too, is there was a scene where they were in front of the school after she left, and they were looking at the yearbook or whatever. And as they're all sitting in the car, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but there was a student coming from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. Slowly walking, and you're like. At that point in the movie, that's all you could look for. Yeah, you're like, is <laughs> yeah. that is that a per like is that a real person, or is that whatever this thing is? And I love the suspense. I I love the suspense of this movie. It's part of what separates this movie from other movies. Um, and it's you're constantly looking in the background. Mm-hmm. Like you watch a regular horror movie, you're waiting for something to jump right in front of you, right? Right. You're not. That's not in this one. You're looking. You're looking at the background. You're looking at the extras. You're looking at for who's like. Who's walking funny? Who's got like a dead look in their eyes? And it's it just you, it, you're anxious for the whole movie. There's a lot of tension in this movie, and uh, I love the scene with the old the old lady when she's in school. Yeah, and that she's coming. That one's that one in the um the the scene with the tall guy who comes through with the bedroom. Oh um, yeah, that's that, like there's not a lot of jump scares in this movie, and that one I jumped out of my skin. That was great. Just yeah, oh, just he was he was so creepy looking. Right. Um. Yeah. yeah for sure. Movie, this movie was really good. There were some things so, about- real quick because yeah. I didn't really jump in there, but you guys covered most of the positives, and I agree with pretty much all that. Let me touch on a couple of the negatives. So, and there wasn't a lot. I, I honestly thought that this movie through and through was was phenomenal. Um, to touch on one other thing before I forget that movie theater that you mentioned, everything about that movie movie theater seems relatively practical with some of these older movie theaters that you can find today. The one thing that threw you off on that was they had like a live little band playing like this like old yeah. rag ragtime music. And that's where like, okay, I can see this movie theater happening today. We also have the cameo theater in Weymouth. That's pretty close to us that they, they that's like an old timey theater. And you mentioned Coolidge. Obviously we've been there a few times. Um, that stuff is still, it's still a thing, but to have like a live play, like a, a tuba going with, you know, like a couple brass right. instruments, like that's, that's, you never see that. So that's where it's like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what time period it is. We already touched on it, but there was a lot of 80s stuff in there and some later and earlier stuff mixed in there. Nice little touch. We we were left on edge about that. We didn't really know. So uh, some of the negatives, negatives about the movies, uh, about the movie. Um, for one, the one scene where um, her boyfriend, well, not really her boyfriend, but the kind of the guy she hooked up with in the movie, Paul, he played Paul. He was played by... Uh, your Gilchrist, Gilchrist. Yeah. Um, the one scene where she looks out the window and he's walking down the street and it's clearly like one of the it follows things that's following and it's it appears as him, right? So one of the things that this thing could do is it can make itself look like someone that you know to make you know to earn your trust. So right. you see him walking down. The, it was just really not scary and really stupid. And you see him turn and pick up a rock and just stupidly throw it through the window. And you're like, okay, I know it's that, but I would prefer that you actually just put something creepy there instead because he just wasn't creepy. He's just a bro wearing sweatpants. That scene wasn't the, the night where she, where the thing walked over, broke the window, climbed in, and then it was his mother. Is that the scene you're talking about? Yeah. 
So, but the okay. So once it was Greg. his mother, was Greg. Was it Greg? Okay. Yeah. Which, oh, I'm looking at the wrong character here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was Greg. Um, yeah, played by Daniel Zavato. Um, so his character, it, it just wasn't scary when he was walking down the sidewalk. When it ended up being his mother and um, all yeah. the things that happened after that, that was a little bit. Well, creepy. it might have not been scary because this is one of the first times you're seeing one of these things from the perspective of the person of the person who isn't the one it's following. So right. it's not coming at you. You're seeing it go towards someone else. You're right. like, oh shit, is that right? You know what I mean? So but it would have been a- it would have been a creepy I understand what you're saying, but I think it would have been a creepier moment if it looked like something creepy. It just it just was a bro in sweatpants with good hair. And you're like, oh that's just a bro in sweatpants with good hair. But I know he's gonna go kill that dude. So I, for me that it didn't start off scary. It got a little bit scarier when she's just pounding on the door. And like that that was a creepy moment. So the scene got better, but it started off really dumb. And it was just uh they should they shouldn't have used him in that scene. Like, so and, I, and what's and what's the logic behind that? So the I, logic I, is what you see, or maybe she was seeing something different than he would me, have seen. Let me jump in because I have a theory. Yep. So I don't think so. The theory is, and this came from Hugh, the guy that she, who she initially slept with in the beginning. He's like, it can appear as someone you know, or as a stranger. Mm-hmm. And what I don't actually think, and I don't think this is a writing flaw. I think this is intentional. I don't think it appears as someone you know. I think it. I don't think it controls what it appears as. I think you subconsciously control what it appears as. So when you're talking about when the first time that um, Jay, the main character, who's a girl, sees this thing, it's it shows up in the form of uh, it was a naked. Nope, the very oh, first yeah, time. Oh yeah, a random naked woman. It's yep. a random, random naked woman, and she just survived the sexual assault, right? Yeah. And now she's seeing somebody in the form of what it could have been a sexual assault victim, a naked person, a naked female. She sees it again at the beach. It's like a naked kind of half beat up one. And this could be her just seeing people that she's feeling, you know, a sexual trauma. This thing, it transfers itself in a sexual way. You, you say, all right, what about the grandmother? The grandmother could have been a sign of like mortality. She realizes this thing's well, coming to kill her. I think after that scene, she had mentioned to her sister, I think she said, I saw grandma today. I, so, I might be wrong about that, but I think if we go back to that, she may have said that. Yeah, maybe it was grandma. So it's like it's it could be like what you're thinking about. You know, her grandmother's dead. It could be a you know it could be a symbol for mortality, whether it's her grandmother who's dead or um, an old lady. It shows yeah, up much, as, it appears as her father at the pool. You know, so um, it, was it that her be, father? I thought that was just one of the dudes from the boat. No, I think it. I think so. Maybe the I father think. was naked on top of the house, right? I, I thought know. that I was another dude so. from the boat. I, th- I thought I thought every boat, every ghost that she ran into after that boat scene was just dudes from the boat. I don't uh, think so. So when the when the so dude either. from the pool walks in, now first of all, I think the father's dead because where were the parents this whole time? Right, there was, mother was weren't. an alcoholic. They alluded to her a couple of times. She was just drunk in the kitchen. Right. I think the father probably died at a young age. That's why when he appeared at the pool, he was a younger version of himself. Number two, when Wait, the did, when hang she, on, let me just don't, 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 just, don't just brush by that. Did they allude to that? Was she like, "Oh, that's dad throwing microwaves okay. at me"? Okay, so I'm getting to that. Okay, sorry, go ahead. When the ghost walked in, her sister goes, "Who is it?" She's like, "It's right there." She goes, "Who is it?" She goes, "I don't want to tell you." Didn't want to upset the sister that it's her father. They never directly said it was her father, but or she didn't want to say that she banged through dude, three dudes on a boat. What does the sister care? There, it's it's got to be the father. I think it's the father. I think yeah. it's one of the three dudes she banged on the boat. Or of course you don't want to tell your sister that, I mean. It's a sexual transmitted ghost. 
Yeah, but like, hey, she, hey, the only, earlier the only way today, to pass it off is she knows she banged the neighbor dude just to pass the ghost off. She's not, yeah, what, but all of a sudden it's gonna be like you had sex. But the the, the yeah. boat the boat scene was an interesting scene because now, mind you, this is like a requiem for a dream type scene where it's like, oh damn, that hit you hard. Like really, she went through all that, but she obviously didn't tell any of them what they were getting into, and she just went out there and doomed three dudes just to buy herself a little time. Well, she would just doom one. Right. She's not going to bang all three of them. Why right. would she I do that? She, I think she did. Why? It doesn't work that doesn't way. Doesn't her more time. Oh, it doesn't. Maybe not. Well, maybe they're all going to bang each other on the boat after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was good. Let's keep the party going. <laughs> yeah, it only, it only works on one of them. Well, so. Okay, so the right. first dude, Hugh, right? When he saw the ghost in the theater, we didn't see it, but he said it's a girl in a yellow dress. Young girl, yellow dress. You know, he, he maybe he feels bad that he... Is about to doom this girl, and he now it manifests as like a little innocent girl, you know. Um, there's just I think there's a whole lot that supports the theory that you're controlling what the thing is. So when she's watching to your scene that you had a problem with, when she's watching that thing walk into this guy's house, she's seeing it as him subconsciously. So that would that was a very long answer to your question. Why did it have to be him? <laughs> I agree with you there, it, but right. mine wasn't as philosophical. I just didn't find that scene very funny because of uh, he just didn't look it's not a comedy. Be. Bro, let's talk about the ending, which I think I watched a few reviews on this movie, and I think people were overlooking the ending, and they missed the part that nobody really knows if it's can over I, yet or not. Can I can I guess at the part you're going to refer to? Sure, is the very end very end scene. There's somebody following them, right? Not, yeah. <laughs> You can't not see that. Yeah, but I watched two reviews and they didn't even bring it up. They just brought up all these other theories about the ending. I'm like, how do you not bring up the person following them or not following them? It could just be someone walking down the street. I love that. That was the great thing about the ending. Yeah, and and it's awesome. I love that. So this is a 4.0 for me. I had this one at 4.2. I didn't have a lot of negatives about it. I thought it was a little long. Didn't have to be as long as it did. I really thought this would have been a great short shorter just 90 minutes 89 minutes somewhere in there yeah um there was just i thought that there was a lot of extra stuff that could have probably been uh shorter um but there wasn't much i mean i think that they could have done a little bit better explaining like what is this thing why does it why is it through sex i mean like i wanted this so i tried so hard to find like like is this a big metaphor for stds because if it is that's kind of dumb it's just kind of dumb it's not like and it ends at like we don't have to get too much into it, but if you get an STD, when you pass to the next person, you're not done with your STD. <laughs> you should probably still go to the doctor, right? No, but so here's my reason for giving it a four. I didn't want to jump into this too much either, but I am so like over in horror movies, like sex being the enemy. Like they they make sex such this big enemy to everything next week on rob's hometown ghost stories porn review no but this is what they do in all these slashers no, like, you're right you have about sex, that. Yeah, you yeah, die yeah. and this movie like i wish they would have found a way to make it um pass on differently and also if we're gonna be honest this is just the ring and i think the ring's better oh, the so ring's better. so point. that's why i can't give it much higher than a four so that's that's where I'm at. I just like I wish they could have found a different way to pass it on. I don't have a solution, so usually I do. If I'm going to bring something like that up, I don't particularly completely my, hate it. 
But my thing, my problem with it was like it's the first thing you think. It was so obvious. I'm like, oh, STD, right? Justin right. said the same thing. It's just, I just I didn't want it to be that. Like, if you're gonna if you, if a movie's gonna be a metaphor, it's got to be more subtle. Like, make me figure it out. Like, I don't want right. it to be slammed in my face. Like, this right. is what my movie's about, and it's not even a good one. Like, no. You know? Well, th- and this is partly where I give them a little bit more credit. So for me, it's a it's a four four, and. I think part of it is it was such a terrible concept for a movie that they pulled off. That's a good point. They pulled off a lot better than I would have expected. And I know, like, overall, when I try to give ratings, I try to give ratings on a movie just for what it is. I know on a lot of these we talked about, like, well, you know, if they just did this, this, and this, it would have been great. But it's like, well, they didn't. They put out the movie the way they made the movie. And, And for the movie as is, it for me, it's it's a little bit higher. But it's but they really took a pretty terrible concept and made it work and that that's where i give them a little i agree with that it did, it did work i just wanted if it's going to be a metaphor yeah. i wanted it to be a better metaphor and more subtle more like mystery to it a better for a better for <laughs> yeah there it is <laughs> all right so, so that uh, is that is our reviews for the insidious one and for it follows what are we going to be covering the next time we do movie reviews I have one in the chamber, loaded, ready to go, since we didn't talk about this yet. Did you ever end up watching Bone Tomahawk, Dave? I think so. I'd probably remember, right? You would remember. So that's a no. So we're going to do Bone Tomahawk. And we're going to do Host. Oh, okay. Good. I don't think I've seen Host, so that'll be fun. I don't know either of these, so it'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a good one. Um, Other than that, we are also going to be posting a review to the movie black phone on our patreon so if you want to know our thoughts on that movie you can head over to patreon you can join for as little as three dollars you'll get your name in the credits you'll get access to our black phone review and um until then anything else guys i think i'll do it that'll do it all right we will talk to you next time peace